It's the Kyle and Jackie O Show with special guest Jim Jeffries co-hosting. Now you kids go down there, find my nuts. Deja vu all over again. Here we go. <laughs> Take two. Rob Schneider, we've had to now call instead of Zoom, which I always think is the way to go, if I'm yep. honest. Because, yeah. yeah, you can never rely on Zoom. How are you, Rob? I'm good. I apologize. You know, it's one of those things you, you, get, you get that flop sweat, you know, like everything's ruined and you realize it's okay. People know that there's like, there's no one under 30 working for me over here on my end of the pond. And I apologize. <laughs> Jim, I, I wish I was in the studio with you. You're in LA, right, Jim? Yeah. Where are you? I'm in LA. I'm on the other side of town, but then I was worried because I got a show out in Ontario and, like, you know, it's either an hour to get there, but, you know, it's L.A. It's either an hour or four hours, depending on what time you leave. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know what? Um, I, I, I always watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, right? Of course. And, and love that yeah, show. Yeah. And they always complain about if they have to go to someone's house in Malibu. And I think it's not that bad, is it? The traffic? No, it's it, you can't. Don't go to Malibu and then peak <laughs> hour. That's going to take you two hours. Really? It, it, yeah. I oh, know you got to pack a lunch to get out to Malibu. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You don't want to do no, that. No, I swear. You can learn Latin on the way there if you have it on that <laughs> books on you know that language on on tape or whatever. You <laughs> yeah. really can. It is. It is. It is such a. You know what it is? It's like post-traumatic stress syndrome because you've been stuck before. Here's the thing about L.A., and Jim will I'll tell you about this. Mm. Not only is there traffic during the daytime, you think, oh, it's 11 o'clock, I can just take the freeway. And then they shut the freeway down for repair, and they get it down to one lane. And then you're stuck for an hour there at 11 o'clock at night, you know? And so uh-huh. it's, it's a... Uh-huh. It's trauma. Te- it's trauma, isn't it? I'll tell you what, Rob. How good is a Jewish holiday? Because what happens is you get out in your car, you get, you get out in your car, and then you go, the traffic's like 30% better. What's happened? And then someone goes, Yum Kippur. And you're like, Brilliant. Ah, oh, thank you. And how did, how did you two meet? You and Rob, how did you meet Jim Jeffries? We've, we've met in comedy clubs, didn't we, Rob? Yes, but Jim's a legend. He's one of those, one of the world. You guys can no longer just take him as like an Australian talent because he's one of those world talents. You yeah. know, we've absorbed him over here. Hollywood takes the best of the best, and one of the best of the best is obviously Jim Jeffries. And oh. he's just one of those stand-ups that just like you can just you can take him and plop him in the middle of the Czech Republic, and he can, you know, the, whatever universal truths that he he's brought with him, he can explain everywhere. So he's one of those guys. Yeah. And so it's just like. I, I saw his stand-up, and it's just, you know, he's just one of the best in the world. And so he go, I got to go meet that guy. And so I finally did. Uh, and then, I, you know, it, it, he was very nice enough to, to do a, a part in my movie, you know, and his wife is about to have a baby any minute, so he can only come for the afternoon. So I said, I got a perfect afternoon role for you, Mr. Jeffries. So he came out, and then and, and we worked with that. Well, first of all, before that, we got to work with the great John Cleese, and the best story in show business right now is, is Jim Jeffries' John Cleese story. You got to tell that. Just give me a well, little of that. Well, I, what, what happened was, like, so, so John and uh, Rob and Monty Franklin, another Australian comic, were writing a movie set in Western Australia about the emu wars. And all stuff. By the way, I tell this story on stage, and whenever I mention Rob's name, Someone yells out, you can do it every <laughs> single time. And I'm not Rob Schneider, right? I, I, I text Rob after one of the gigs the other day and I said, your life must be hell. 
<laughs> and he said, he said, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, know? I bet, I bet. But so, so, so we, get, we, we get there, we're in the house, we're writing this script. I'm just putting a bit of Australian dialogue into the script. Put a g'day there, put a g'day there. Mention Coon Cheese over here. Oh, that's true. Right, so, yep. so, yeah, so I, d- I did <laughs> and, all that and, type and of stuff. Totally- and subtly making a role for himself in the movie as well. We said we got to hire you to play that guy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, but, I, so you're I in the movie in as my... well now. I wrote in my own role just by accident, <laughs> you know, and so so sadly Rob, Rob's Rob's mother Rob's mother passed away, and so Rob had to go off to to the funeral, obviously. And we yeah. we, we we so it was me and John hanging out in this house, and it, just such a pleasure to live with John Cleese and just hear all these great Monty Python stories and all that type of stuff. Anyway, I was going home because the wife was newly pregnant, and so I went off in the morning and I bought a bottle of wine to give to John as a thank you. And then I, I went and got myself a COVID test, and and so I went back. I gave the bottle of wine to John. And I said, "Look, John, you're a hero of mine. Just working with you has been such a joy in my life." And John so graciously said, "Becoming friends with you has been a great joy in my life." Oh. And then we were, we were working on a jigsaw puzzle, and he's like, "Hey." Uh, he goes, how about we finish that jigsaw? So me and John were sitting down doing the jigsaw, and uh, uh, he's telling me about how, how him and Chapman wrote the dead parrot sketch, right? Right. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, you'll never get this opportunity again. You're hearing about the dead parrot sketch from John Cleese, right? Yeah. Then I get a text on my phone, and the text reads, you have COVID. So oh. I, I'm sitting across from my 82-year-old unvaccinated hero. Oh, no. Right? I was, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't say or do anything for about six minutes, right? And and it was like that moment when George Bush found out about 9-11 yeah. and he was sitting in front of those kids, you know? So I just sat there and eventually I just said, I said, oh. I said, oh, John, I, I have COVID. And I said, I don't know how I've got it. I've just been here with you. I haven't been anywhere. And, you know, he's 82, so I was super worried. I just packed my bags and left. And I, I'm not religious, but I said, Godspeed, John. And so I left the door. So I, I, get, I, get into the, I get into the car. My wife had been pregnant for now about a month or so. And so I ring her up. And this was, you know, early on in COVID. And I said, I said, honey, I, I, I have COVID. And my wife starts screaming and well crying and she goes oh my god the baby the baby <laughs> and i said i've just killed john cleese <laughs> oh my god that's, that's brilliant i love that so did well, you end I up you, yeah go it, on rob it, it was a false positive thank thankfully yeah. like they all are but not all but like a lot of them are because you can if you look far enough on those tests the PCR test, you can find fragments of anything that you want, depending on what the, you know, the, the what, what you're looking for, you know. So, but anyway, so it, let me cut to another thing. This is pretty amazing thing. It's a very similar thing. Whereas Paul McCartney for the movie Daddy Daughter Trip that we did, is a very very expensive song, six hundred thousand U.S. I'm not talking Aussie money. I'm talking mm. U.S. Yeah. money, real money. Real money. <laughs> so we have this <laughs> real money with dead American presidents on it, and we and so. And I've got this, so I said, you know, and, and he's performing. He's also going to be 80. This is last month. And I said, I'm going to go fly and see him, take my nine-year-old daughter to go. And I just got back from doing a film in Mexico where my uh, my editor was just recovering from COVID. And he said he tested negative, whatever. I get it. And then I, I wait and I, and I recover from it. And I'm taking my daughter uh, to Texas. And all of a sudden, she's getting sick on the plane. And he's just like, no, maybe it's not. You know, so I'm sure she'll be fine, blah, 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 blah. We get to the concert, and then I get the message, you know, um, 
after Live and Let Die, when the fireworks go, Live and Let Die, boom. Oh, yeah. That, at that point, text, and then we'll see if, uh, you know, Sir Paul, wait for 20 minutes, and then Sir Paul will meet you. I'm looking at my daughter. She obviously is sick and everything, and I'm saying, look, I can't be the guy who kills Paul McCartney. And I said, so, but but then again, we spent 600000 for the song. I got to meet him. You know, I said, I can't. So I'm going back and forth or whatever. You know, like, honey, I, I just like, you know, can we get a mask for my daughter or whatever? And I said, just, just don't breathe. Just hold your breath for the thirty seconds till we get a picture. But, so anyway, I, I, I get the I get the thing. SP says come backstage, you know. SP Sir Paul. Okay, so I, I tell my daughter. But anyway, the cut to the chase is, you know, I, I had the, a chance to do the right thing, but also I got to get a picture with Paul McCartney, and it's just this is a lot of American money. So he's. I didn't kill him, but I think he did cancel the last two shows. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I gave it to him. I'm just <laughs> oh, live and let He's die. Ah, that's hilarious. What does, what's it like for like in, I, in, that's, in, that's a lot of money. in the comedy world with stand-up comedians? Are you all really supportive of each other and great friends, or is there certain rivalries going on? I, well, there's obviously rivalries and stuff like that, but I think for the most part. You, you can only really relate to other stand-up comedians, you know. So yeah. we call each other up after bad gigs and go, oh, I just died and this heckler did this and I didn't know what to do. So we have a lot more in common with each other. So there are I mean, rivalries, but for the most part, it. people get along. Well, look, look, when you have, like, when you – Jim Jeffries, I mean, he's selling out, like, you know, uh, you know uh, arenas. At that point, like, if you're in your 50s and you haven't accomplished what you needed to accomplish in your career by this point, I mean, what is there to be jealous about? So like when, I know I called Jim because I, I heard that like you know he flew all the way to Australia and then all of a sudden couldn't perform and it's like no. that's a long flight yeah. back. Yeah. Wait, 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 not not just. Not just couldn't perform. <laughs> I I I did two weeks quarantine with a seven month pregnant woman. That's uh that's a heavy burden to be in that room for, <laughs> for, for two weeks. Uh, I love it. I love it. But what it you- is, you know, but you do you appreciate each other and, and what because we've all gone through the you know, the the stand up ups and downs or whatever and the fame and whatever. So there's a there's a there's a kind of un spoken thing. So when I'm sitting there with Jim Jeffries and then John Cleese and then we kind of can commiserate about stuff and have a laugh. At the end of yeah. the day, that's what it's about. When 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 literally when, when Jim was making John Cleese laugh, I, I the, the the cool thing was looking at Jim and seeing how much he enjoyed making Cleese laugh. That was uh, that, the coolest. And, that is you know, one of my top you know? 10 memories of my whole life is I, I, I write a joke or say a joke and John would pat you on the shoulder and go, very good, Jim. And you're like, oh, You did good too, John. The fact that like I could be in that room and enjoying that because before a Jim came, well, you know, I was getting a chance to spend some one-on-one time with, with my hero, John Cleese, and the stories he would tell you, you just had to pinch yourself and go like, I can't believe I'm, I'm in the room right now. Because, you know, when you're, when you're a little man, when you're like a little guy, I've always been a little man. I'm like a, basically like a pigeon anyway. But when you're, a, when you're first starting out, the guys that made you laugh in your childhood, that's the stuff that comes back to you. You remember forever. And so you're talking about like, I mean, with the, the life of Brian is, is was voted, by the you know critics and by the audience as the number one British comedy of all time, 
And it's still no, I, I don't even think you British. I, mean? I think it's the number one comedy of all time. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, so the, it's the greatest comedy you, movie ever made, yeah. I've yeah. never seen it. Oh, get it. <laughs> I really how am. I, I how are you working in the comedy world? You've never watched The Life of Brian. <laughs> never seen it. I haven't oh. seen Monty Python. Is, is that the same thing? Is Monty <laughs> Python the same My, thing? Yes, no. Monty Python no. is the same thing. <laughs> Monty Python made some movies. Their best is The Life of Brian, but the other films are fantastic as well. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, The Life of it's Brian. What yeah, happened was they actually had a budget. Life of Brian, they had a budget, you know, and it's like, and Cleese will tell the story about like, because they went around, because they had success, obviously, in the United States, they went to every studio, and they all, every studio loved them, but none of them had the guts or the balls, really, to make that movie, and then, uh, you know, the famous story, there's Eric, um, you know, um, Eric, um, Idol. come on, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry, Eric Idle, sorry, Eric Idle says, um, we, uh, we got the money. From um, from George Harrison, and uh, and then Eric Idle called up George Harrison. And said, what? Why he mortgaged his house eight hundred thousand dollars? Said why? Why would you do that? And because he, he he said he he said I wanted to I wanted to see the movie. Oh. <laughs> so he. he- there's, there's a small scene where you can see George Harrison does a cameo in the life of Brian. He's only a background guy, but he's in it. Well, that was a good investment then, right? <laughs> well, yeah. you still didn't see it, though. Yeah, yeah, you still didn't see it. George Harrison died short of a buck because you're you're too mean to watch the life of Brian. I love it, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it's, it, Rob Schneider. This my morning, pleasure. What a sweetheart, and Jim. Let's do another. Let's do another movie together. And thank you for being uh, uh, in the Daddy Daughter trip. We're going to get it to Australia soon. Anytime you want me, Rob, I'm there. Just call me. I'll watch that one, guys, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. All the best, yeah. <laughs> Y'all been great. Thank you so much. Kyle and Jackie O.